Hey, welcome to Get to Know an Average Joe. Because sometimes when you stop to ask a few questions, you learn incredible things about people. My children, they speak Finnish, Spanish, English. My uh, sister's uh, kids uh, speak Arabian, Spanish, and English. So, so you see, it's a... Uh, so dinner with the Khalees is like, you know, dinner with the world. <laughs> it's noisy, I can tell you. <laughs> I hoped that as we grew older, that as adult women, we would hopefully become friends and be able to talk about some of our childhood challenges. Every human body is different, and I do appreciate that when I work, I, I can feel the undulations of the, the hips and the, the body, or the back, the muscles. I'm your host, Dodie Axelson. Reach me at Dodiax on Twitter and let me know what you think of these conversations. So tie up your walking shoes, grab a cup of coffee or tea, and let's get to know an average Joe. My name is Camilo Calis and uh, who I am, that's a, that's a good question because uh, since a very long time, I feel like uh, I am a, a Colombian living abroad. And what does it mean? It means that I have the values, I have the culture, but uh, after so many years abroad, I have a lot of other stuff, uh, influences from several places I have lived. Because you're not just an expat, you're like an expat within an expat within an expat. So you grew up in Colombia, and then where did you go? I went actually to, uh, to Sweden uh, because of my father. My father was uh, political active in Colombia for many years. Uh, he's a journalist. Uh, and uh, for that reason, he moved to Sweden. Uh, so you were refugees. Your family were politically active, not able to stay in Colombia. That's correct. That's correct. How old were you when you left Colombia? I was uh, 18. Did you hate it? Did you hate leaving? I think that I was one of the uh, family members that took the whole stuff as a great opportunity. Uh, I hated being... Uh, in Bogota, I was young, but I understood very well what could mean for the whole family to stay there. So, but it was a long time ago. My father is 80 years old. Did you miss? So you missed the whole cocaine Colombia uh, <laughs> stage? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I remember being in Colombia. You felt it. You felt it in the atmosphere and everything. It was it was quite chaotic. A war between the government and and the cartel uh, groups of, of, of cocaine. So it was it was uncomfortable for people in general. So you arrived in Sweden and you're a young adult. You're you're basically on the cusp of adulthood. What was it like to land there in in a society that some time ago was pretty homogenous? They weren't used to immigrants in Sweden, or were they? Well, uh, the Sweden that you see today is not the Sweden that. Uh, that I actually encountered when I moved to Sweden. You could feel it. Uh, in general, it was, uh, you were weird as a, as a person coming from, from outside. However, it has been amazing uh, the way in which uh, the country has, uh, has embraced uh, the new cultures. And obviously, um, I feel that coming from this side of the world, Latin America, we, we came with, uh, with uh, salsa dancing. <laughs> We came with a language that uh, 
that uh, people like to hear Spanish. And we were surrounded uh, at that point uh, by people that really wanted to get to know us. And, and my father came, came in in a very intellectual atmosphere as well in, in Sweden. Into journalism? Uh, yes, and uh, Latin Americans that, that were intellectual, so... So he continued his career as a journalist, but in Sweden? Well, not uh, formally, but yes, he continued uh, writing articles and uh, he continued writing books and, and so on. So you're about to return to Sweden after several more years abroad, back in Latin America. What do you think about the Syrian situation and the Sweden that you're about to return to? What are your feelings about that? Well, I think that uh, in general, I, I feel that uh, Sweden as a country uh, has uh, more to offer than anyone else, any, any other country in Europe in that sense. Receiving uh, much more uh, refugees than, than ever, but I, I keep track of what people say and the news and so on, and I feel that uh, this will be an injection of... Uh, very interesting culture and people, actually. People that, that dare to move uh, because their lives are in danger with kids. People that walk across Europe. They are not uh, stupids. They're courageous. <laughs> with your family history, do you feel that you have some kinship with the, the people who are coming into Sweden now? Well, I, uh, I personally feel that I enter very quickly into a, a professional career. I think that I understand the Swedish culture and I understand uh, what is being uh, uh, someone coming from outside. And all, all the members in my family actually had jobs, have jobs, regular jobs. So uh, I think I have quite an interesting idea about uh, doing something because I think that uh, considering that these people want to start their lives, I know what is missing in terms of getting that integrated. What is missing? Well, uh, for instance, they, they take, it's, it takes too long time to get uh, competent people into work. I think that, that only that means something that, uh, that affects uh, the whole country. If people can get into work much quicker. Give me a for instance. I was once uh, back in Sweden, uh, while well, I have been here in Latin America. Uh, I'm working with a, an important company like this, Ericsson, and what it stands for. And, and coming back to Stockholm, it's like coming to a, a very well-developed country. And suddenly, uh, when you jumped into a taxi and start talking to a Russian guy, that starts explaining to me what what is innovation. And, uh, and uh, he said, there will be a, a infrastructure that will be there for anyone to exploit, no matter, no matter what. So everyone that has an idea will put that idea on top. And this was a long time ago. It was before, uh, before even the Facebook. And I remember so well he saying that. And suddenly we have all those players that are on top of an infrastructure owned by uh, who, who knows what, but they got a lot of ideas and now you can find anything. Where is that Russian guy and today? Russian guy was driving a taxi. I don't know. I don't know where he is. Anywhere. If we get back to your journey, how many years were you in Sweden? And then how many years have you been in Latin America? Well, I came to uh, Sweden in uh, 89, in February. Uh, I left for Argentina uh, in 1997. 
and I came back beginning of 2000. I was there until uh, 98, and then I have been here since then, 2015. Earlier, when you were describing who you are, and you're kind of this mishmash of uh, Latino and Swede and you know, a bunch of different um, subcultures within. Which parts of you were developed this time in Latin America, most recently in Mexico? You could say that, uh, or people could believe that being in a place, you, you become more of, of, of that where you are. The influences of, I, I have done the opposite. I have uh, been, <laughs> I have been bringing all the structure that is needed for things to work here. And... Uh, but I have, I have applied who I am in terms of being a Latino and apply, applied this uh, Swedish uh, structure in the, in the work, in, in the uh, projects, in the ways I communicate. Being in a situation in, in which we need to deal with uh, a lot of people, a lot of vendors that are, uh, are trying to get the business, uh, I have put uh, structure in the way we start things, in the, straight, in the way we follow up the, the projects, in the way we uh, get the attention from uh, higher stakeholders in the customer or in, in the company to take action. Uh, this is going wrong. <laughs> and, and actually we have been able to defend and, uh, and get uh, a good position across the whole region. So why did you end up at Ericsson? Well, uh, I was uh, contacted by someone that saw an ad in the newspaper and they were looking for uh, foreigners. I was very young, but I had, uh, I had uh, studied uh, science, uh, computer science, but not finished yet in, in Colombia. So I entered that way. So uh, um, we, we were a bunch of guys from different countries. It was Iran, Peru, uh, I was only Colombian. There was some people from Russia. And uh, they gave us some tra training courses of Ericsson for six months. And then we, it was up to us to find a job. <laughs> but with already all this training uh, back behind us. You keep in touch with any of those people that you started with? Uh, I have met them in some places, but they were much older than me. So a couple of weeks ago we were talking, and we were talking about as you transition now from Latin America back to Sweden, that you're going to take a couple months off. And just to describe you, you, you don't have hair on your head or facial hair. And what you said is that perhaps after three months you were going to be unrecognizably bushy. <laughs> is that really your plan? Is that really your plan? Uh, well, I uh, probably will be like that. <laughs> yes. And is that is that like what part of Camilo is that 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 needs to do that now before you return to very orderly Sweden? Uh, probably the one that needs a little bit uh, freedom that uh, is not constantly being contacted because something is uh, needs my attention, and uh, because my wife likes uh, hairy guys. <laughs> I think that one of the reasons why I feel that uh, hair could give me some freedom is because it means that you don't need to uh, to be uh, for anyone. Your way of uh, you look doesn't need to be there for anyone in a in a formal way like like we are in a company like this with customers with anything. So this is this is going to be uh, close to the beach and with with no commitments at all for for a long while. And I will be with my kids, so probably that's, that's the reason. So the more relaxed you are, the hairier you are, is that it? Definitely. <laughs> 
I think it's interesting that you started at Ericsson because of your foreign background, and you have continued at Ericsson because of your foreign background. Do you identify yourself as a foreigner, or do you feel at home with yourself? Is where is where is home? Well, I would say that uh, home is is uh, Sweden now, much more than any other place. And the reason is that uh, the the grandfather of my nieces is in Sweden. Grandmother of my nieces is in Sweden. I have your daughter, your or also your niece. I mean, you have a daughter who's living in Sweden as yeah, well. Yes, daughter as well. My daughter as well, and definitely that's uh, an important connection that I have with Sweden. But listen, my brother was married to a Polish girl, so their children speak Spanish and Polish and English, of course. My children, they speak Finnish, uh, Spanish, English. My uh, sister's uh, kids uh, speak Arabian, uh, Spanish and English. So, so you see, it's a... It's so a, it's dinner a, with the Khalees is like, you know, dinner with the world. <laughs> it's, it's, it's noisy. It's noisy, I can tell you. <laughs> More than, than any other family. <laughs> what makes you happy? Dancing salsa with my wife makes me happy a lot. Being in a place uh, where I don't need uh, so much clothes, like uh, minus 20 degrees, I enjoy that a lot. So that's one of the things that I <laughs> don't look forward to, winters. But uh, yes, sa- salsa <laughs> makes me happy. <laughs> Nowadays, Camilo has a new job in Stockholm, closer to his older daughter and his young family. He's still with Ericsson, and he's clean-shaven. Thanks for listening to Camilo's story. Our next guest will be the second voice you heard in our intro, and if her voice sounds familiar, yep, it's my own sister Darcy we'll talk with. Marriage has always been a hesitation for me because of the deep violence of our parents' divorce. I hope you'll join me for another edition of Get to Know an Average Joe. And now, if you'll excuse me.